0: And welcome to another amazing episode of Smack My Pitch Up, the podcast that reboots, remakes, reimagines, sequels, sidequels, and adapts some of your favorite and least favorite properties from film, television, and what have you. And tonight we are digging deep into the middle of the 1980s for an absolutely classic sci-fi fantasy comedy by one of our favorite uh, directors and producers of the 80s, uh, John Hughes who I oftentimes mistakenly call John Holmes. Those are entirely different movies. We are talking about Weird Science from 1985, uh, the classic Frankenstein tale of two teenagers that are horned up enough to make their own living sex doll. And uh, tonight with me, we've got Chris Porter to help us through this uh, this cavalcade of sci-fi hijinks.
2: Howdy! How you doing? Happy to
0: be here. Yeah, man. We've been talking for a while about having you on the show and it was just a matter of like scheduling or figuring out what property to do, but I'm really glad we settled on weird science because it is that absolute classic and we're uh, relatively within the same age range. So as far as like our exposure to this film was probably around the same time of uh, age and uh, an era. And I feel probably is that like kind of informing movie. A little bit. At least it was for me.
2: Absolutely, I'm. I'm excited about this. I've known this movie forever since I was a kid. So I'm. Uh, I'm thrilled to be talking about it today.
0: So you were you a, a teenager, or like pre-teenage years when uh, when you first saw this movie?
2: Well, I guess maybe kids too young. I think it was teenager. What year did
0: it come out? eighty-five. I want to say eighty-five. No, I was a kid. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I think it was just before teenage years. But it was in that, like, pre-pubescent. So I was interested in what teenagers did. And apparently what teenagers did was um, grow full-grown women out of their computers. So I was very let down when I went to school and found out that uh, the Apple E computers that we had were not capable of such things. So...
2: Oh, believe me, I tried. Yeah, Right.
0: <laughs> There was something fantastic about the 1980s and the internet. This really shows in Weird Science with a lot of the scenes where they're going through these 3D uh, rendered tunnels that I think are supposed to represent phone lines or the internet or something. It's very hackers kind of vibe to it.
2: Yes, it absolutely was. And I'm looking at it today, it just seems crazy how they just plug the phone into it and then go straight into government mainframes without it it just seemed like really too easy
0: yeah well it's that kind of war games vibe as well where all you have to do is put your phone receiver on this thingy to talk to the computer and then you can then teenagers can control government computers and and all it takes is these new these kids with these newfangled you know hacking styles that adults don't understand how to do it it's shows an innocence about what technology was, like internet and and, uh, computer technology was at the time, because the creators, the writers, and the director didn't understand technology enough to really make it not nonsense. It's just this, like, fantastical kind of version of computer technology, basically like magic.
2: Oh, I love it. It really kind of made this very nostalgic motif kind of thing that that's great to look back on.
0: The tone of this movie is something that is not necessarily, you know, it's very approachable as far as like everybody's been a horned up teenager uh, before. But as far as subject matter, like the way that it was approached in the 1980s is very different than it would have been approached today per se. Uh, Simply by the fact that there's two teenage boys that create an adult woman to fuck. Like that is the, that is the whole premise. That's the starting premise of this right. is this like bombshell, hot teased hair, eighties woman in a, in a crop top that wants to bone down to 15 year old boys.
2: Yeah. It's really very relatable kind of life for at least pe- somebody like me that was on one hand bullied, but on the other hand, horny as hell.
0: Right. And, but I was thinking about how you approach that with a, like a remake or a modernized version of it. And one of the first things that I thought of doing was do a gender swap where it's like two women and then a male. And then I'm like. Now there's an adult man that is being predatorially like sexual towards teenage girls. And so no, that that can't work either. There's that's the, that is the best way to be like ridden out of all Hollywood on a rail. Never to work again is uh, to gender swap weird science.
2: Absolutely. And there, there are always different ways to go with it. I was talking to my friend Joe and he mentioned that it could very easily slip into a horror movie.
0: Very easily. Well, because it is kind of a uh, a wacky teen comedy version of the the Frankenstein story. So, yes. I mean, it does have its roots in the in the horror tropes a little bit. Right. And they didn't lean in that way pretty much at all in oh. the original. It was it was just wacky sci-fi, you know, hilarity was where they were uh, aiming, so
2: especially when the person they created had so much magical power. She could have done basically anything and destroyed anybody's life, but they seem to avoid that idea.
0: I am intrigued by there. It's never really discussed in the original movie why she is uh, obligated to fuck these children. You know, like she's, she's apparently got the, the intelligence of Einstein, has, like, weird electricity wizard magic that she can just, like, make things happen, has control over the time-space continuum, is immensely powerful. Uh, But she keeps that all at bay because ultimately it comes down to the well-being and then sexual uh, flowering or deflowering of these two young boys. It's bizarre. Like, you would think that she'd be like, thanks for the life piece. I'm going to go, like, take over the world or something.
2: Right, and it... They didn't say much in the movie other than, oh, you made me, so now I have to serve you. It's almost like a genie. <laughs> right?
0: And it's never explained why she does at all. So I would like to have a little bit more of a, that conversation in whatever version I do on w- why. Was that in the rule book of summoning a, a woman like into existence? <laughs> but I also another fun thing with this movie is a very, very early role for Robert Downey Jr., as uh, one of the the main, like, baddies in this, um, one of the popular kids that picks on the two uh, main characters. And, uh, man, the amount of pop collars and teased hair in this movie is really incredible. So this being set in the 80s with a kind of interesting uh, approach to the Frankenstein mythos, what, what how are you going to approach this for your uh, real take? Are you going to be setting it in the 80s? Or are you going to be... Uh modernizing it. Um, how how are you dealing with the like the tone and the approach to the story?
2: Well, I was thinking, kind of modernizing it in both time and tone, mm-hmm. and but still keeping some small connection to the original. Okay, so not a direct hard sequel, so you don't need to see the original to understand this one. Sure, but there are nods if you know if you grew up with it.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, are you looking at kind of almost a reimagining? approach to it where it's not kind of beat for beat. It's its own animal, but it's definitely kind of an homage to the original.
2: Right. Right. The same kind of idea, but definitely not a direct remake.
0: Okay. So kind of that like original Dawn of the dead versus the Dawn of the dead remake. Both are very good movies, but one is they're not the same movie minus the whole mall being involved thing. Like That's right about it. So, okay, cool. That definitely gives you a little bit more room to, avoid some pitfalls uh based on the uh storyline here i uh i decided to kind of do not necessarily a period piece not necessarily set in the 80s but kind of a modern version with retro tones to it like the soundtrack would be like retro wave the uh the style would be kind of like the modern 80s throwback style where it's not actually 80s clothes it's like the the decade styles come around every like 10 or 15 years, they become popular again. So that'll just be kind of like the modern take on eighties clothing uh, vibe to it. So
2: like how a teenager would dress as if they were going to the eighties party.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not going to get actual eighties clothes. You're going to get like modern clothes that are made to look kind of eighties that allows for smartphones and other stuff to be involved in the story But they might have a boombox cover on their phone to do like the, you know, say anything thing or, you know, just you can you can play with both uh, both decades a little bit that way. I like it. Now, as far as story goes, uh, are you doing any gender swapping? Are you doing any um, any major changes to the dynamic of uh, the two young boys summoning a woman or?
2: I seriously thought about a gender swap. My original idea was to have one boy and one girl and then two female love interests. Okay. But with the whole bigger theme that I had put together, it I didn't, didn't think it would work that well.
0: I see that I was running into that as well. I was thinking about that being a male and a female character because that does at least mix it up a little bit where it's not that kind of like male machismo-y kind of vibe to it there's there's it's more about just being a horned up teenager is more the the conversation than the male and female dynamic stuff i decided for mine to gary it was really the main horn dog between the two main characters he uh he was the the one that was trying to get with the the hot girls at school that was one that kind of convinced um convinced his buddy uh wyatt to actually build the the thing in the first place he was the one really motivated by his by his uh, by his dick so I thought what if uh, Wyatt wasn't like sexually stunted necessarily but was just kind of confused and went along with it but as time goes and they have access to this like beautiful woman it becomes more and more clear to Wyatt himself that he doesn't have the same kind of feelings for this like bombshell woman Lisa that they've created for their sexual desires and it's becoming clear to him that, like, since he now has access to boobies, that he's not that interested in boobies. I mean, that he's starting to realize kind of his sexuality through this process. And so he kind of just went along for the ride because his buddy was, you know, pushing him to. Um, And so by the end of the film, it, like, he ends up being more buddy-buddy with Lisa. So you, you need a, I needed an actress that was able to do kind of like a not necessarily, not butch approach, but a um, a beautiful woman that could be a gross teenage boy at the same time, you know, that would like eat easy cheese out of the can and, and rip a fart and, you know, just like. Yeah, be one of the guys. Just be one of the guys for uh, for Wyatt, because that will be more how it turns more into just like another friend than actually like a sexual character for him to, you know, use. And so I thought, I thought that would be a way to kind of, Lessen the problems that come from fifteen-year-old boys and a you know twenty-eight or whatever year-old woman uh, getting it on. I see it. Yeah. So, um, for your serious take, let's just go ahead and get into it. Is it tonally kind of the same? Is it a sci-fi comedy, or it, did you go like action or horror? we like, what are we talking here?
2: Well, for the serious take, I went still sci-fi comedy and. For white and Gary type characters, they would be kind of college age ish, and coming home on a break, complaining to their parents about uh, cyber bullies. Yeah, and they have some bullies at school that are always hacking into their computer and stealing their homework and just making their life hell and they're putting setting magnets on their laptops, kind of thing and just really messing with them. And one of their fathers mentions, oh, I've got an old computer in the garage that doesn't connect to the internet. And when they pull it down and start messing with it for, to work on their project, they realize that this computer actually makes people. So they go back and they say, oh, well we need somebody to help with our science project. So they try to pull out Hedy Lamar. Okay. Instead of a sex symbol. However, you get Gal de as okay. Lisa or Hedy Lamar, and everybody thinks that they just made a sex doll. Everybody they talk to, oh, you just made a sex doll. Mm-hmm. But no, no, she's actually very intelligent, and she's going to help us with our science project.
0: Nice. Okay. So, it's, So it's more than just... Sexual desire that's motivating them to create this person. It's more like f- falling across this technology in the first place. Yes, and then also like, okay, we get to be a person. Well, we're going to make him a hot. It, it, it's a hot person. Like definitely. Right. But but it's it's focusing on a number of factors so much. Okay, I like that.
2: Yeah, and I, I kind of chose Hedy Lamar because he was both an accomplished scientist and a starlet Hollywood starlet. Nice. Yeah, so. Okay,
0: that's that's smart. I like how yeah. Uh, made it less creepy. <laughs> so that's good. <laughs> I from doing this show I am still astounded by just how horny the 80s were. Like all of the <laughs> 80s the entire decade. I, I think it was probably the cocaine that everybody was like coked up and looking to fuck like every even even teen movies are just talking about like balling out people and it's it's wild just how aggressively sexual the 80s were yeah I agree so tone only yeah i am definitely jumping between like the uh the eighties and modern day kind of a 80s throwback retro kind of vibe to it um yours is modern day with some nods to the original uh who are you doing for a director for your real take?
2: I thought I would go with Kevin Smith, okay because he can bring the the dialogue, the comedy, and the heart, sure especially yeah. with his more recent movies, I've seen a lot of the heart in the movies and I feel like he can pull all that together.
0: When also he is not one to avoid uh, a callback or a reference if, uh, if he can, if he can find it or a dick joke or a dick joke. Yeah, absolutely. So
2: yeah, As you kind of go with the theme. I was also thinking about who might play the theme song and I'm thinking they might be giants. My, Work out really well for the
0: uh, <sighs> That would be super fun. I'm a huge fan of They Might Be Giants, anyway, so um, that that is perfectly good for me. And also, I, I don't see Kevin Smith being really mad about They Might Be Giants doing the theme song for his Weird Science remake. I think right. I think we're good. All right, so you're doing Kevin Smith. Yes. Um, let's let's go through the casting here. So you said uh, Gal, Gal Gadot or Galgado or however however you pronounce right. her name as uh, as Lisa. Who else do you have on your list here?
2: Oh, okay. I'm thinking for Wyatt, bring in uh um Gianni DeCenzo from Cobra Kai.
0: Okay. Yep. Kobe Kai is such a great series. We're actually about to do uh a GY episode on season three of Cobra nice. Kai. Uh we just did watch. On... Like one day. I couldn't stop. I have like one episode left, I think. And uh I I'm there is no reason it should be as good as it is, but part of that is that they got really good kid actors uh that are taking this property seriously yes it's goofy and it's a little zany but it's still got a lot of heart to it and these kids are acting their faces off so yeah i think that's that's a solid choice his character was uh on cobra kai um i was forget dimitri yeah yeah so geeky dude um definitely like geeky awkward teenager vibe to him so that i think that's about perfect
2: and uh, I figured he could play the smart one, and then Jack Quaid from The Boys might be the horny, crazy one.
0: Okay. Uh, Gary. Jack Quaid is such a good actor, and also amazing comedic timing. Yes. I, I uh, I'm deeply impressed with his body of work, and I am also kind of disappointed on... Given his parentage, he should be hotter than he actually is. Like, he's not a bad-looking dude, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but... <laughs> He's got hot celebrity parents, and uh, he grew up around the industry. And uh, from that, he's developed great acting talent and also great comedic timing. He knows exactly when to let that joke land. Yeah. He's done great by the boys. Um, So we got that for – that's for Gary, you said? Yes. Okay.
2: And I put almost as much thought into Chet as I did with Lisa – because Chet has always been one of my favorite characters in this movie, just because he's so much of an asshole, he becomes almost lovable.
0: Sure.
2: <laughs> um, and for this one, I'm thinking who could play the biggest asshole, but you still can't hate him as much? Be a uh, Dak Shepard.
0: Wow. Okay. Yep. And he has played that role, the, the lovable dick, many a time in yes. this. So he knows exactly how to approach that.
2: Yeah, and um, the other ones for the bullies, I'm thinking Jesse Eisenberg and Michael Sarah could be the hacker bullies.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: So. Because I'm thinking they just kind of have that um, that look, and they play kind of roles like that too. So.
0: And I do like that you yeah. aren't approaching it as like jockey dudes or like the, as bullies or anything. It's more just like other dorks, <laughs> basically, yes. uh, that are, that yes, are picking exactly. on them. Yeah. Because that's always been difficult, especially with 80s movies, is that it's like the geeky nerd is being picked on by the jockey bully kind of vibe a lot of the time. And that's not quite how it works anymore, fortunately, for right. for us nerds. Uh, that has changed a little bit.
2: How many 80s movies had the bully be the star football player?
0: Right. Imagine you're a football player in the 80s. You're, you've you been working your ass off to like get the position of like starting quarterback for your high school football team. You've got like a geeky brother. You've got a great relationship with him. You're like friendly to people. You get along pretty well with everybody. You don't pick on anybody because why would you, you know, you just all around decent person. And then every movie that comes out the entire time of your high school career has you as this hateful, evil, terrible human being uh, as the, the with the vapid head cheerleader, girlfriend, that just is a complete idiot and a total bitch. And you're just like this, this nightmare couple together. And then you look over at your actual, you know, girlfriend who is, is the head cheerleader, but she's also rocket a 4.0 GPA and does cheerleading because it looks good on her college resume. And uh, it wants to be a scientist. And you're like, she's nothing like that. I need to make that movie where it's the opposite. Instead of like the nerd being picked on, it's more like the, the jock. That <laughs> That is not, never taken seriously. Cause he's good at sports.
2: I, I would watch that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> He'd be like, I actually want to be an oceanographer. And they're like, show up and throw the football. Like, no, but I care about the planet. <laughs> okay. So you've got, uh, Chet, you've got the bullies, uh, Ian and Max, you've got Lisa. Uh, do you have anybody else? Do you have, uh, the, the other love interests? Do you have, uh, I don't know, mall cop. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, for the uh, girlfriends, I was thinking, well, since the, I have the directors, Kevin Smith, I have to have Harley Quinn Smith in as one of the girlfriends.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely.
2: Are the love interests. And I also have Chloe Grace Moretz from Kick-Ass.
0: Okay. Hell yeah.
2: I think she would work out pretty well. She's kind of got that uh, like in the nerdy kid vibe.
0: Definitely. she's Yeah, she's like the the smart, popular girl, but also like has a thing for awkward dorks. Yes. Yeah, I can totally see that. Sweet. Let me get into mine here. We've got, uh, for my modern day with an 80s retro flare vibe, I could think of none other than uh, Matt and Ross Duffer, the Duffer brothers from uh, Stranger Things. Oh, uh, yeah. Who d- do the Stranger Things uh, s- seasons. And always uh-huh. has always hesitant on the show to do Stranger Things-centric stuff because when we first started, all the kids from the Stranger Things were every kid in every adaptation of everything so i did get the duffer brothers but only minimal number of cast members to be involved in this uh remake there's a couple but i didn't load it like i had previously so that was my one rule to myself i had to hold myself back as well yeah it's tough sometimes but for gary uh i wanted you know a a kind of a, a geeky dude with a chip on his shoulder And I like you uh, for, for one of the main characters, but uh, for Gary, I went with, uh, with an actor from Cobra Kai and I decided to go with Jacob uh, Bertrand. And if you're unfamiliar with the name, he plays Eli uh, Moskowitz or Hawk in Cobra Kai.
2: Oh yes.
0: Yeah. I think he'd be able to play the role of the, like, I mean, that's kind of the character that he is before he learns karate in Cobra Kai. He's the one that wants yeah. to be popular. He wants to be cool. He wants the girlfriend. You know, he he's coveting all these things. So it wouldn't have... it ha- still is, actually. It, yeah. there,
2: there's one moment where, hey, I'm still kind of... No, I'm not. I'm not anymore.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I know exactly what scene you're talking about. Uh, then for his uh, partner in crime in that dynamic duo is one of my, I believe, only two uh, dips into the Stranger Things universe. I decided to go with uh, the actor that plays Will Byers, uh, Noah Schnapp, for uh, for Wyatt, who is the quieter one. He's the geeky, nerdy kid. So, you know, I, I like the thought of, like, Jacob, who is kind of a loud, uh, like, very talkative character on uh, Cobra Kai. And then you've got uh, Will, who is this, like, tiny, mousy kind of character in Stranger Things. And so kind of bouncing Uh, the characters they portrayed in their respective series off of each other. I thought it would make for a really interesting dynamic, you know, the extrovert and the introvert, the nerd and the dork that are like good friends and get into, you know, have a blast with each other, but they, one ends up pushing the other one to engage in the world a little bit. And the, uh, and then the one grounds the other a little bit. So I I think it, it reminds me of some friendships that I've had growing up. I was of course the extroverted uh, nightmare dork, when, uh, when I was growing up, so.
2: And I was the introverted one who had to be drawn out.
0: <laughs> there we go. We should see. We were the, we were the weird science kids. Perfect. <laughs> so that is the dynamic duo there for uh Chet. I was wanting to figure out like I, the approach to Chet uh, for the real take. I wanted to have just like kind of the sense of humor sucked out of the room kind of vibe from this, um, uh, this version of Chet. Not that much older than his brother, um, in his like early twenties, early to mid twenties. At that, the oldest um, military, and that's why he's home. Is that he's he's in his twenties, but he's not a burnout. He's actually more the other way, where he's just home right now, you know, and and is hyper aggressive because he just got through tour, and so it, it kind of like humanizes him a little bit that he's not a dick for the sake of being a dick. It's just that like he's been conditioned uh, to a degree to be that kind of way. And so it, it, it humanized him a little bit. It it makes it so he's not this one dimensional as much as I love the portrayal of Chet in the original. It was fucking brilliant. You, I wanted some rationalization. Yeah. You know, so um, I decided to go with, for that Chandler Riggs. Oh, if, if you are familiar with the name or not, uh, it's Carl from the walking dead. I do like that. Yeah. So he's he's not a big dude. He's not... I mean, Carl could probably put on a, a little bit of muscle for the role, but uh, he's not this massive dude that's, like, towering over his brother. It's more like they're not too far from the same size, and but, like, one is hyper-aggressive and the other one isn't, and one's mousy, and that's the dynamic.
2: I so. could. I, I would like to see him in a role like that.
0: Yeah. yeah. And then we've got uh, four... Lisa this was one of the most challenging choices because it's so easy to just like pick a bombshell but you want a bombshell that can kind of play in that space of being like the the apple of a of a horny teen's eye and can kind of act not quite like a normal adult can be a little buck wild and weird and uh, so I thought with her experience from Wolf of Wall Street and Birds of Prey Margot Robbie would be very interesting as uh, as Lisa I like it. And also seeing her in a halter top is not going to be the worst day of my life. So uh, that's. I'm not going to argue with that. Yeah. I figured she gets a little bit wacky and wild in uh, in Birds of Prey and also Suicide Squad and such. So if she brings that same kind of like manic um, energy to the role of Lisa, that's really going to translate relatively well.
2: Additionally, one thing I didn't... Margot Robbie uh, superpowers or genie powers would be interesting.
0: It, totally interesting. One thing I didn't um, relate with my story arc is the whole, like... Yeah, it just doesn't work quite as well as it did in the 80s. The whole, like, pinning um, the little cables to the f- Frankenstein bolts on the Barbie doll thing. Yeah. What I figured, and I was actually kind of going somewhere around where you were going uh, with finding the old technology thing is that um is that uh Wyatt is uh dealing playing with a lot of like uh AI and and VR stuff like he's trying to learn how to d- program like VR gaming and building like AIs to run as the game inside the game as uh, non-playing characters yes and cause he wants to go to school for video game development. He's a big gamer guy. He's got the, like the VR helmet thing and he's playing with that. And, uh, and he's also like, because he's a big gamer, he's goes to like junk shops and stuff to look for like old retro game systems and stuff. And that's when he runs across the, the hardware from the original weird science. Nice. Um, and it's, it's kind of the same characters, but it's kind of a nod that this isn't the first time this has happened kind of vibe. And then he uses that while incorporating it into like his VR headset. He's like, you know, there's some 3D mapping that I'm seeing that's been done here in the programming. Let's see what that's all about. And they put on the headset and then it kind of goes to where there's, you know, earthquakes and lightning and stuff. And they take off the headsets. Um, and th- that's the, you know, when Lisa shows up is right then like, oh, fuck, we did this thing. But then it's like revealed later that it's actually like they, they didn't actually take off their headsets. They're in the VR system the whole time like, and it mapped out like a version of their world that they're kind of oh, ready
2: player one type thing. Going.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That basically the, the whole thing with all the wizard magic and everything is part of the simulation within the VR system. Uh, but then there's also like a little nod to where there's something that, you know, the kitchen still blue or something, something little like that yeah. it keeps it kind of ambiguous. I thought would be fun. So then we've got Ian and Max, the two protagonists that with changing Wyatt, to being uh, realizing he's gay by the end of the uh, movie, I wanted him to have kind of a, a reveal love interest as well. And so I thought it'd be interesting that instead of having like the two female characters that are like the love interests besides Lisa, that actually one of the bullies ends up like being in the closet and th- they're being kind of a weird, like it starts as like teasing and then kind of turns into they're being kind of almost like an. an unspoken attraction that then at the party turns into a full-on like makeout session. So I thought it'd be fun for the uh, Ian character. That was, uh, that was Robert Downey Jr.'s character to end up being gay. And that's why he's picking on people so much is because he's so um, uncomfortable, like not expressing who he actually is. So he kind of acts out. And uh, for that role, justice Smith. And if you haven't seen, if there's a movie called all the bright places, that he uh, that he's in that he's one of the main characters and he is absolutely incredible and it's uh, he plays a kid that's dealing with a lot of mental health stuff and it's really powerful um, it broke me but he also plays Franklin Webb in uh, Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom um, he's Ezekiel Books uh, Figaro in The Get Down as well he's a incredibly talented young actor and I think he would knock it out of the park um, in this in this role very well yeah. Then we've got Max, who is kind of tough just because Max doesn't do much in the original. He's just kind of like the douchey sidekick friend. But I do want to give uh David uh Mazous a little bit more screen time. That is uh he plays uh Bruce Wayne in Gotham. Uh yes. And so he could he's got that little chiseled jawline. I could see him as being kind of like the uh not like jock dick, but more like the his parents have lots of money. I'm better than you kind of vibe. I could definitely see him going that route with it. And then finally Deb, who's the one carry over from the girls that are the love interests, and that's the that's the one that ends up hooking up with Gary at the end. You know, the the um the one girl from his school that they end up becoming a couple and then of yeah. course Wyatt ends up being with uh with Ian at the end. Um I decided to go, that's my other Stranger Things pull. Had to do it. I can't imagine the Duffer brothers would want to do anything without at least offering one of their female roles to Millie Bobby Brown because she is so immensely talented and uh, she's got such a bright career in her future. And uh, I'm sure she would have no problem working with them again. Apparently they have a great working relationship. So for the love interest, Millie Bobby Brown who's a love interest for uh, Jacob Bertrand, who are the guy that plays Hawk in Cobra Kai. So so that is my... My real take there, kind of modern retro throwback uh, kind of vibe going with a lot of like retro wave and synth wave in the in the background, uh, which I've been listening to a lot lately. So that might have influenced this a little bit. Watching Cobra Kai and listening to retro wave. So now we're in the middle where we are moving into the goofy versions, the uh, the the weird takes, the uh, the remixes, as it were of our uh, choices for this movie. So given that it's a wacky movie anyway, did you keep it funny? Did you go super serious? Did you go like drama? Did you, uh, did you go actiony? Like where, where did you take this movie? Oh, I
2: took it completely off the rails.
0: Okay. I'm excited.
2: (laughs) My idea was I'm thinking back in high school, just like there was no Gary and Wyatt they're being bullied at school and then they come home and they're also being bullied by their parents and their dad and their dad is super hard ass. And why can't you just go and defend yourself? And they're kind of getting it from both ends. And so they decide to defend themselves using their intelligence to make a bodyguard instead of their, uh, instead of their muscles and sure doing any as eighty movies tend to go the bodyguard ends up teaching them how to protect themselves and to protect them
0: sure it's like the Tisha a man to fish thing you know if they learn to protect themselves then the bodyguard uh, character can walk off into a foggy night never to be seen again and they'll be okay yes nice heck yeah so so you're doing more of a not so much like a horned up teenager kind of vibe so much as like picked on kids. Now it, is this going to be like still in that comedy side or is it going to be more of a drama or.
2: Oh, very much comedy side. Okay. Uh, so what I ended up doing was the Lisa character is going to come out as uh Dwayne Johnson. Wow. Okay. Yes. Wow. And it'd so, be yeah, this is totally funny.
0: I mean, I think Dwayne Johnson has bigger breasts than the original actor that played Lisa, but uh, besides that, yeah, that's definitely a very different tone. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and actually, my friend Dan's idea, I'm thinking it'd be extra funny if, and I think Dwayne Johnson would do this, Lisa comes out with the same personality as the original Lisa, but the body of Dwayne Johnson.
0: Oh, like I mean, they've done similar with Jumanji, so I mean, he can... Lean in on that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And that would be definitely very fun.
2: Yes. And so we have um, the Wyatt type person uh, come out as uh, Kristen Isaiah from Shameless.
0: Okay. Which which kid was he? He was the
2: the youngest one. Um,
0: Okay. Okay.
2: And um, his father is Idris Elba. Okay. And I just can't help but picture Idris Idris Elba looking at his son. Why can't you defend yourself?
0: <laughs> right? Like, Idris Elba is like smooth, like completely, you know, confident, in control, good to go. And he's got this awkward kid that he just like, can't even begin to know how to tell him to act like a man or whatever kind of bullshit. But
2: Right. 100%. Okay. Nice. And uh the Gary character I've got uh Ty Sheridan from Ready Player One.
0: Yeah, Ty Sheridan is Parcival. Yes, Parzival. That's uh that's funny. That is very yeah. funny. Cause that is exactly who I have Ty Sheridan playing on my uh on my version too. Awesome. <laughs> nice.
2: So um I also have the the other twist is when the bullies see Dwayne Johnson and realize they can't fight him they go back to their dad with a cameo from robert downey jr and he says i've seen this before and helps them make their own bodyguard played by batista (laughs) so i'm just envisioning some big kaiju battle between dwayne johnson and batista in the middle of the city
0: jesus I I like that. Also, I like that the concept of your take here is that like teenage boys are using their time to create giant muscly men. Like that is what (laughs) what they're focusing all their time, all their time and energy is to the biggest beefcakes they can possibly create with their with their uh, science skills.
2: I wasn't thinking about that, but yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go
0: for it. Okay, cool. No, I'm I'm super down. (laughs) Talk about reminiscent of the 80s because that was all the 80s were where the Cannon phones like Rambo and shit it's like hyper machismo to the point of it being like borderline uh, pretty gay. <laughs> so, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I'm into it. Cool. Uh,
2: so for the bullies, I have uh, Joe Keery from Stranger Things. Nice. And Cameron Monahan from Gotham and Shameless.
0: Nice. Okay.
2: Uh, I figure he can play the, the sadistic jerk yeah here you can be the muscle
0: yeah the the jerks were not the most sadistic in the original weird science so much as they were like lazily bad guys like they could never be super villains because that would require too much time and energy like the most that they got (laughs) is that the kids they pick on happen to be sitting below them at the food court (laughs) cool I guess it's time to do some damage without having to do anything like no labor at all to do this (laughs) <laughs> literally drop something so All i don't I lose gonna... is my slurpee yeah uh, you just lose slurpee they're like yeah i can i can handle the two dollar slurpee being gone right. that's fine <laughs> right nice okay so a little bit more intentional villain villainry in this one
2: right and the love interest i reached a little bit more i went with uh alia royale from walking dead the world beyond and cree she Cic- from mr iglesias
0: i I've, I've not seen either one of those yet actually oh. <laughs> so i I know uh Gabriel Iglesias from Mr. Iglesias, but that's it that's all I yeah. got as far as uh as far as that show goes
2: yeah it's it's a basic sitcom, but there are a couple actors in there, including Cree that just really stand out and I feel like she can go really far in her career
0: okay fair enough and to do that you need to be able to show your range a little bit. So even though this is a comedy, it's definitely uh, a little bit more uh, challenging than, uh, than the sitcom that they're on. So, yeah. Yeah. Excellent.
2: And to bring the whole theme together, I have the director is Jake has from from uh, Jumanji.
0: Okay. I was so mad. They were doing a, like a remake sequel of Jumanji. And I was, I determined I was never going to watch it and then it came out the theater, did not see it in the theater, came out on one of the movie channels. I ended up breaking down and watching the first one and had so much fun watching it.
2: Yes. It's there's it's exactly the same experience. Yeah. I had zero expectations. I thought it was going to be horrible until I watched it, and it was just so much fun.
0: And it was re- technically a sequel that it wasn't trying to, take away from the original it was more building on the the mythos of Jumanji which I'm always more comfortable with a sequel than a remake even though well I have a show about remakes but (laughs) (laughs) but if you could do some kind of sidestep like they did then why not that's one of the issues I had with like the 2016 Ghostbusters is that you could literally have it where they're different characters in a different Ghostbusters locale and it would have been different. Like it would have been.
2: Yeah. Just to protect my own psyche. I can only see that movie as a ghostbusters parody movie.
0: Okay. <laughs> That's fair. That's very fair.
2: But to bring the, uh, the theme together, I've got the, uh, the theme song performed by uh bare naked ladies.
0: Wow. So just not giving a fuck on the theme song there. That's, it's been one week since I created you. <laughs> I, I do not have any bands uh, picked out for the soundtrack. Uh, besides, well, for my first one, it's retro wave, so you can get like Gunship or Scandroid or one of the like new modern retro wave bands to do it and uh, put some some retro funk on there.
2: I do a little extra.
0: Oh, of course, absolutely, and I I do appreciate it very much. Okay, so we got my uh, my weird remake take. I recently watched a film by the name of Freaky, and if you are unfamiliar with this film, it stars Vince Vaughn as a serial killer who, through a series of events, ends up switching bodies Freaky Friday style with a awkward teen girl. And... So the teen girl is now got the mind of the serial killer and is going to school and like killing classmates. And then the mind of the girl is inside Vince Vaughn. So the entire movie is Vince Vaughn acting, acting like a, like a 16 year old girl and this uh, amazing actress uh, portraying this like kind of monosyllabic serial killer type character. And it is a total blast. It's so much fun.
2: Yeah. Um, That is on my list. And I thought it was gonna be derivative and bland until I saw Vince Vaughn in the trailer. Yep. And I was told. It I would have gotta see this.
0: It isn't doing a whole lot different to the uh to the story arc of like a classic slasher, but it's paying like homage and also t- like parodying it at the same time. You know, that it it's building on that and kind of riffing on kind of the nature of the slasher film and all the tropes that go along with it and it's very fun. I thoroughly suggest checking it out. And the director Christopher Christopher Landon, I thought if you were to put like a comedic horror kind of vibe to weird science and bring it back to like the, the, that that Frankenstein uh story arc a little bit more. Uh he's also responsible for Happy Death Day 1 and 2 as the same director, which is about like the same day repeating over like the Groundhog's Day of uh of horror movies. So why not do like the, the horror movie version of weird science. And uh, so this is a comedy horror where a lot of things are the same, except I didn't do the like sexual identity, identity confusion stuff. And the relationship with the brother is now that um, the brother is recently divorced and he's in like his late forties and is living back at home and is very sensitive about the fact that he's in his late forties and living with his parents And so that's where a lot of that rage and weirdness comes with his like fully adult, like older brother that is now living in the house again. Um, But for Gary, uh, for for the main character, Gary, like you, I thought Ty Sheridan would be a great choice for that character. He has that ability to both play the like faking being cool (laughs) and also just the awkward dork as well. So and that's necessary for that character. Um, then for his best bud, uh, Wyatt Donnelly, we got Jaden Martell. You may be familiar with him from uh, the movie St. Vincent with uh, Bill Murray. Great movie. Uh, and Melissa McCarthy, I think, is in that as well. Uh, and also, he's one of the kids from It uh, as well. So he's long neck kid, very gawky, <laughs> awkward looking dude. Uh, but great actor. Fantastic actor. Um, so him playing kind of the like... The awkward, geeky younger brother of Vince Vaughn, I thought would be a lot of fun to kind of see how that played out on screen. Because uh, Vince Vaughn is Chet in this. He's yeah. the, the newly divorced, cynical, dark, <laughs> kind of hateful, but very funny uh, older brother. And I, I'd love to see what Vince Vaughn would do with the Chet character. He would have, they would just like roll camera and be like, just, just try some stuff and let him go. He would just eat that up. Oh, we'd have so much fun with it. Then we've got the love interest, um, Lisa, and this is challenging. I wanted somebody that had uh, comedic timing could, uh, could really play with that role, but also could get gruesome. Cause this will get a lot more gruesome. The gist of it being a horror movie is that when they create Lisa, Lisa is far less familiar with, uh, the way that people interact with each other than the Lisa that we know from the original. So it ends up going where accidental deaths happen while Lisa is out on the town while they go to the bar and stuff. Um, that she just doesn't know how to people well at all. And then as the story progresses, there's a split between Gary and Wyatt as time goes that, um, Gary is getting way too into having this basically like slave that he can like fuck and like send after his enemies and like use the, the weird, like science magic to his own whims and becomes like this demented person that is using it for wrong. Whereas, uh, Wyatt is using kind of their interactions uh, with with Lisa to like build up his self confidence and kind of learn about himself, like kind of to the classic weird science, you know, just kind of using, um, using that interaction to build self confidence and you know practice talking to girls, kind of thing. And then his his buddy is just going fully off the fucking rails, um, and so the the villains end up becoming like one of the main boys. Um, whereas the villains I have got Ian and max, but they're almost inconsequential villains. They're like the villains that think they're bad shit until like the real villain comes in and it's just like, Oh yeah, you're dead. Um, so for Lisa, I wanted an actress that could be gruesome, be fucking terrifying. Um, and, and fun. There was another actress, uh, Mara weaving who was in the babysitter and the babysitter sequel. Uh, she was in bill and Ted face the music as, uh, Theo, I think was the name of her character, was one one of the daughters and then was also in the movie Ready or Not, which is a absolute blast of a horror movie as well. And uh, she's she's a great actress, she's gorgeous, she's absolutely stunning and got some really good comedic timing as well. Then we've got uh for Ian, one of the one of the two bullies. I have been recently we started uh Ozark, the series with Jason Bateman on uh, Netflix, and it's a pretty bleak and dark series. And there's one younger actor on that series that I've uh, come to appreciate that I think would be interesting to see what they would do in a horror-centric version of Weird Science as uh, the main you know, popular kid that's kind of a dick. So for Ian, I casted uh, Carson Holmes, who plays uh, Three in Ozark, which is this little ginger kid that's part of this like redneck crime family for lack of a better term, in uh, in Ozark. I think he'd have a lot of fun in the role and i just want to see more stuff from him. And then we've got Max, the the faithful sidekick. And I decided to go with a kid that has definitely gone dark and creepy, Jackson Dunn. He was the main kid in Brightburn. And uh, if you haven't seen Brightburn, that is like a basically if Superman was evil story that was produced by James Gunn and I believe written by his brother or co-written by his brother, I believe. And it's basically the story of Superman. But if like, he ends up going bad. So it's this little kid that's like murdering people with super Superman powers. It's very, very good. And Jackson, the, the actor that played the kid was incredible in it. And just this, this like kind of rage monster kid. uh, That's like hiding at different points and just playing like this, the super innocent kid and then murders people. And then finally, Deb, the, uh, one of the love interests, I decided to go with, uh, Catherine Newton, who was the girl from freaky because ultimately like her character, she is fun when she's the serial killer, but she is very, uh, lovable, adorable. Like you you're rooting for her even when she's the serial killer and in, in freaky a little bit. And I thought just to give her a role where she's able to play actually the, the nice teen woman that is a love interest. And, don't have to murder anybody. You're actually the innocent in this one. I thought it would be nice t- to see what she would do with that space. That's my horror-centric Chris- Christopher Landon-directed uh, version of uh, Weird Science for this episode.
2: I, I do like myself a dark comedy. That's That sounds...
0: Oh, it's some of my favorite movies are the dark comedies. There's some that uh, people just haven't seen. Uh, most people have heard of like Heathers or Jawbreaker. Or the other night we saw um, "Drop Dead Gorgeous," which if I, if you're unfamiliar, that is definitely fa- definitely falls under dark comedy. It's about teen eighteen beauty pageants. And that is uh, gr- a <laughs> that is uh, very interesting. Now we're uh, going into the mashup categories of uh, "Smack My Pitch Up," and uh, good friend Mark Malcolm suggested this one, which I'm interested to see how that works. Um, if we were to mash up terminator with weird science there's a couple ways to do this yeah there, it depends on how I, I think you probably are thinking at least one of the same kind of ways to approach this but
2: i i don't know whether it make a terminator or Make something to defend a Terminator invasion.
0: That's the two exact different ways that I was thinking we could do this. It's either that the boys themselves create Skynet that ends up becoming (laughs) like self-aware and they create the first Terminator or uh, or Skynet happens and they use their powers for good to like defend the planet with a hot babe (laughs) with 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 science electric wizard powers. So I think either way, it's a big win. Go either way. The uh, the first time they tried to incorporate like a female Terminator into the Terminator series was Terminator Three, and that went very poorly. Uh, So there isn't a really high bar there. (laughs) Then uh, I think in what was it the uh, Dark Fate, the newest one? There was a Lady Terminator as well. Although that in that case, that wasn't the Lady Terminator that was the problem. That whole movie sucked, unfortunately. (laughs) But I think, I think it'd be more interesting to have the like bodacious babe fighting Terminators. I agree. Yeah, give her like lots of guns and uh, let her go to town on all, Like that's basically a Terminator Resident Evil movie, though. And when you just get like hot babe with guns killing bad things, I mean,
2: I can just r- see wizard powers generating guns out of the air and keep going.
0: It's basically, an X Man at that point. Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm into it. I am fully into it. Uh, somebody did suggest that we make Weird Science a John Holmes movie. Okay. So, porn <laughs> version.
2: <laughs> it seems a little on the nose or I don't know.
0: I mean, that's a pretty... I mean, the the plot itself is so able to be t- transferred into a uh, a porn version. Um, it, it wouldn't be difficult at all. I mean, you have these two teen boys that create a Franken-babe. To uh to have sex with, so there you go. That's your that's your porn.
2: That yeah, that sounds like the premise in
0: general. And then you get uh you get John Holmes to uh to play Chet. <laughs> there you go, the <laughs> older brother with the big old dick, and then you're you're good to go. I think uh, that was a uh, Misty Yvonne that suggested that for uh oh no actually the suggestion was get John Holmes instead of Kelly LeBrock, so the Lisa <laughs> character
2: would be played. <laughs> That would work for yours.
0: That would work for. Yeah. Uh, Could you imagine if like later on in weird science where the wires are on the missile and the missile ends up coming out, but instead of like that, it's at the very beginning. Then instead of the Barbie doll, it's like a John Cena toy or something. And, (laughs) and it's just like this big dicked like ab dude that comes out and just like, I'm here to fuck And the boys are like, we don't want to. He's like, tough shit. Just ready to go. Just hyper masculine, like r- rage and like full on erection, just like chasing these teen boys around the house.
2: Well, it's like, I don't know. I might take one for the team.
0: Yeah, the, the one, one of the friends is just like, ah, you know, so, doesn't sound terrible. <laughs> you get John Waters to direct. You're good to go. It's perfect. Oh, God. Yeah. I can actually see that working if you get John Waters involved. So
2: after he's done with he-man
0: after he's done with he Yeah. After he's done with he-man exactly. <laughs> so uh, we are at the end, uh, which is where we decide to do a little, uh, a little trailer action for the, for the versions of this. And uh, I think I am going to go ahead and play in the spooky space with my horror version here. Uh, which, which version do you think you're going to do?
2: I think I'm going to go with my remix as well.
0: Okay, sweet. So let me get the music keyed up.
1: No matter what world you live in, bullies will fight like little guy. This summer, fight back. That was more fist than a giant fist. Join White, played by Christian Isaiah and Gary Played by Judah Lewis, as they make a giant fight for them. Wayne Johnson will fight Batista in an epic fight in Weird Science. Science first, science hard, no mercy.
0: Wow, wow! He threw in some uh, some some Cobra Kai in there at the at the very <laughs> end there. <laughs> so. I like the number of times that you said "fight" in that trailer, <laughs> just to make sure that the <laughs> point was hammered home. Like, in case you guys are wondering, fighting does happen in this bad boy. Yeah. So, all right, I am doing the, uh, the super spoopy version here. So uh, let's let's see how well that works out for for all of us.
1: Just when you thought it was safe to put bras on your head comes a modern retelling of an 80s classic. Meet Gary and Wyatt, two nerdy kids that can't get their dicks wet. But with the help of a a homicidal computer wizard babe, they just might with blood. This summer, join Ty Sheridan and Jacob Martel as as the... the Dudes That Make a Babe. That babe is S- Samara Weaving from The Babysitter and Billings Head Face the Music. Fighting bullies of Ian Max played by Kareem Holmes, is that Carson Holmes? And uh, Jackson Dunn. And Wyatt's brother, Chet, played by Vince Vaughn. This summer. Join Catherine Newton from Freaky as she battles a a pump saddle six bar for the heart of Gary. Welcome to Weird Science, class of 2022. Out next summer.
0: I I think getting their dicks wet with blood was maybe a little too far for the beginning of the trailer, Uh, but...
2: I hope I didn't ruin it by laughing too
0: hard. No, you're good. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh so that is our takes on Weird Science. We're expecting Hollywood to call any day now uh for our script. Uh, there has been conversation about them doing a remake or reimagining of Weird Science. So, I am interested to see if that ever it might be one of those things they talk about for 20 years and never get done, but we shall see. I would suggest if you haven't rewatched Weird Science in a while, uh, fresh eyes is definitely an interesting experience to see something that I loved so much as a kid. And I still very much enjoyed it. It was still a good time, but definitely this is aged a bit. <laughs> and there's uh there's some elements to this movie that uh, definitely were from the eighties. The, the vibe of these characters and, um, and even some of the special effects are, are hilariously dated, but that's part of the fun of the movie. Now I want to say it's just, looking at how they looked at technology um, relationship, like interpersonal relationships between men and women uh, and the idea of what is masculine and feminine in the eighties versus now. It's very interesting to see how all of that is handled in this original movie. Um, And I'm interested to see if they do remake how exactly they handle that stuff for a modern take. So um, I want to thank my, my guest Chris for coming on. Um, I'm glad we finally got you on an episode. We've been talking about this for literally years. Yes. So, Um, and definitely find us next week for those unfamiliar with how we're doing things now at least for the time being uh, if it ends up becoming a thing that you guys like I'll keep doing it if not I'll go back to the regular format I'm doing every other week as a short list episode where I come up with original ideas that aren't reboots or remakes for ideas for movies and TV shows and the like so next week should be one of those uh, followed by another full length smack my pitch up after that Uh, So we'll find you here next time for another episode. I'm Mike the Hobbit, and you just got pitch smacked.
1: GUI Podcast.com.
0: It's been one week since I created you. Hey, guys. Scotty
2: Big Daddy Preston here, that's right, The Geek Father, asking you to join me here every other week with friends and family of the GUI Network, as we go through all the trials and tribulations of being a geeky parent, so remember, join us or cry.
0: Coming straight from the mouths of Madness, I'm Lowdown. I'm F.U. Hunter. Do you love horror? We fucking do. So this is a podcast dedicated to all things in cinematic horror. We're talking movies, television, composers, special effects artists. We're going to fucking cover it. So if you love horror, embrace the madness.